Greetings, friend, and welcome to the Between the Covers podcast, where we are working every day to remove the self-limiting beliefs that are preventing us from becoming the heroes of our own stories. I am Marcus Barr, and today I wanted to talk about this, this struggle that many of us have when we are doing anything involving self-improvement, self-care, trying to change a habit, whatever it happens to be. And that is resistance. Resistance is a normal, very normal part of this process. We are talking about external resistance and also internal resistance when we are trying to just improve ourselves in general. When we are looking at external resistance, this can actually be something that comes from very well-meaning and well-intentioned individuals who are trying to protect us, like friends and family and people who are legitimately trying to help us. And yet when we try and make some kind of change, they might become uncomfortable with it. If we are becoming more confident, if we are digging into aspects of our past and our story, if they don't want to dig back into the past because it involves them, if they don't want you to change from the role that you're in, say it's an expectation they had with what what's normal work or a sustainable job or how you're going to provide for your family. I mean, we're talking about people's opinions when we're talking about this kind of resistance. And all you have to do is go online for, gosh, even like 10 seconds to see that everyone has an opinion about something. And I, I, like, to, I like to say the adage about opinions is that opinions are like noses. Everyone has one, they're all different, and they all smell. And with some of the clients that I work with, they're getting a lot of different mixed messages on what they should be doing with these changes, with these habits, with anything involving becoming the heroes in their stories or overcoming these maladaptive coping mechanisms. We run into a very similar issue with people wanting us to remain the same. And there, just a quick aside here, there are people, there are neighbors behind us that decided the last two days were a great time to cut down and shred trees. So hopefully none of that's getting caught in the mic here. If it does, that's what it is and it's not going to be around much longer. But back to external resistance. There are some people that I have worked with that they are they are legitimately trying to make some changes in their lives. Changes for the better, mind you. And at the same time, there are people very close to them who become critical of these changes or think that there is a better way to do it and therefore are exerting their 
beliefs or their practices and essentially wanting to tell others how to navigate the world, how to be, how to present themselves. And when we're doing this kind of work, this is our story to figure out. And I mean that in all sincerity. Again, many of us love these people. Some of us tolerate them because they're blood relatives or we're still living under their roofs, what, whatever the situation happens to be. And they, they do mean well. They are sincerely believing that they are helping, that they are giving us what we need in order to flourish. Yet if these individuals are some of those who have made us feel unnoticed, unappreciated, or neglected, or maybe even domineering, then it's not these people that we want to listen to. And yet they will bring out this level of resistance in trying to prevent us from changing the way that we believe we should. And it's a natural part of this. I have heard it so many times, experienced it myself, and witnessed it with many clients of mine. The dynamics of returning back to your family's home for the holidays. And we oftentimes see people get back under their parents' roof and essentially go back into the parent-child dynamic that they're so familiar with, with contained within the walls of that home. That is very common, it's normal, and yet it's also not the healthiest thing. And when we try and make a change, when we are trying to be better, when we're trying to be more confident, when we are trying to, when we're trying to walk in our own power and authority, some people bristle against that because they are familiar with the young girl or the young boy who listened to what mom and dad said, who had this very specific role of, say, making sure that everyone's needs were met or that they were the quiet ones or that they were the ones who were boisterous and told all the funny stories that got everyone laughing. And these are things that maybe aren't the best things for us. For myself personally, I crack jokes a lot. I know it doesn't really come up a lot on this podcast because I'm, it's just me in front of a camera and a microphone. However, I very, very often will use humor as a means to mask my insecurities. Say that this was done in a larger group setting 
I would be telling jokes like crazy trying to get people in the crowd to laugh because that makes me feel like people are listening, they're engaged, and oh, they're laughing, so I must be doing something good. It's kind of that stimulus response situation. Yet I also recognize that my humor, my ability to turn a phrase or throw a pun or, God forbid, a dad joke. I'm all for dad jokes. And I'm not even a dad. I recognize that this is a defense mechanism. I am trying to get people to like me. I want people to feel like I am an engaging individual and what I am saying has something that is valuable and worthwhile and it makes people like me more. If that is the dynamic that I have in certain relationships and I want to be more confident, then there are those who might not appreciate that I'm not just the quick-witted, joking storyteller that they are used to. So there is a natural dynamic of resistance that comes from these external sources. And we're talking friends, family members, coworkers, employers. We're talking neighbors. We're talking churches. We're talking other organizations that we are a part of. We oftentimes enter into a new place and we try and figure out how we fit within the dynamics or the power structure. And if we start to move away from that in order to freely express ourselves or to make a good positive change in our lives, there is a distinct chance or dare I say inevitability that people are going to say, what are you doing? Why, why can't you just go back to how things were? Why can't things go back to normal? Oh man, do I hear that a lot. Especially with the clients that I work for and their maladaptive coping mechanisms. I hear over and over where it's like, I just want things to go back to normal. And I have to remind them, no, you don't. You don't want things to go back to normal because what was normal was not healthy. The men that I work with, oftentimes there's a lot of lying. There's a lot of deception. There's a lot of secrecy. There's shame. There's guilt. No, we don't want to go back to that. That's not healthy. That's not a good place for us to be. But because we were there for so long, it felt comfortable. And comfortable is not the same as safe or secure. We are talking about making these good, positive changes in our lives. And this brings us to the other aspect of resistance, and that is our own internal resistance. The things that we say to ourselves, the habits that we have developed, the messages that we have believed for years, and now they are driving a lot of our 
sometimes unconscious behaviors, when we try and change, we can kneecap any attempts to make the changes valid and stick just because of what we are doing to sabotage ourselves. An example of this is I, I have not been shy about admitting that I want to be a published author. And last November, I participated in National Novel Writing Month. And once I finish that, I have not picked up the story yet. And I am recording this towards the end of February. And I haven't looked back at it. There are a lot of things that I allow to get into the way. To get into the way. That's good English. There are a lot of things that I allow to get in my way of success or taking a step towards this goal. A lot of it comes down to my own beliefs. Some of it comes down to, dare I say, a crippling fear of both failing and of succeeding. Now, you might be thinking, why? I understand the whole fear of failing, but why would you fear succeeding at this dream? I fear succeeding because if I am successful at this dream, then that is going to cause some changes in my life. It's going to possibly disrupt my routine. One of the books that I want to release is a fantasy fiction novel. I kind of hope that it's going to become a series. And what happens if that becomes successful? I will be more under pressure to complete the second novel that I hope to tie to this first one in a much faster timeline. There is a part of me that doesn't believe that I can do that, doesn't believe that I'll be able to do that, or it's going to cause a disruption in what is my normal routine. These beliefs are standing in my way, and these are beliefs that I am working to unravel. At the same time, there are things that I tell myself about how there are more important things for me to be working on. I have to spend time doing things with my business. I have to do things in order to keep up with the house in order to help my wife with her anxiety. We have times that we spend with family. We have times that we spend with dear friends. And I am not the best at actually blocking out time to even work on this podcast, let alone work on my writing. What I am doing here is I am sabotaging my attempts to succeed. Not even succeed. I am sabotaging my attempts to make the next step in this process. In my experience, the thing that ends up being the hardest for many people, and this is absolutely for me, what makes it the hardest for us to 
make these changes in our lives, even if it's something that we want to achieve, even if it's something that is going to ultimately be good for us, we sabotage ourselves just with what we say and what we believe. And our beliefs are hard to break. Our beliefs have helped us set up habits. And anyone who talks about habits, anyone who has habits of their own, will know how difficult it is to change a habit. This is another dynamic of our internal resistance. And that is a more neurochemical resistance. I believe I've said previously on this podcast that our brains want to be very efficient at what they do. They want to do the most while consuming as little energy as possible, which is saying something for an organ of our body that uses, I think, around 80% of the energy that our bodies consume in a day. It wants things to be easy. And for things to be easy, that means it has to be routine. It has to be something that happens unconsciously. It has to be a habit. So when it comes to changing our habits, we are literally working against mechanisms in our brain that make things that are new and original hard to keep at. Why would I get myself up earlier in order to have some extra time in the day when, you know what, I just, I like having all of this free time at night, this time where I can just sit and watch some shows or play some games or, you know, I just, I need that time to decompress on my phone. Well, do you? Do I? Not really. It's fun. And yet we also could do better with that time and maybe go to bed earlier so that we can get up earlier. I don't know about you. I find myself much more productive in the morning. Now, I don't want to get into the whole morning lark and night owl uh, discussion here because for one thing I am more of a night owl yet decades of work and obligations and things dictating my schedule have made me much more of a morning lark now so I am much more productive in the morning which means if I wait until the end of the day when I have time in order to pursue any of these good life-giving goals that I have, I am going to be much more inclined to just sit down and play some video games because that's easier. It's easier than being creative and subjecting myself to this inner dialogue that I'm not a good writer or 
I, I just, I need to stop having my inner editor come on while I'm writing anyways. Yet that is the resistance because that was the habit. It's been the habit. Why are these habits so hard to break? Because our brains have been using them for days, actually not even days. We're talking weeks, we're talking months, we're talking years, we're talking decades that our brains have been using these same routines. I've heard this many times from different people. I've heard it from my friend Mike, I've heard it from my friend Lori, that neurons that fire together, wire together. And scientifically speaking, those neurons that fire together more often become stronger and they become easier for the electrical currents in our body to pass through. When we are developing a new habit and trying to overcome this resistance, we have to retrain our brain with some new habits and it doesn't want to do that because it's hard work. Oh, it is such hard work. Why do that when we can just rely on these old neuropathways that are so well trodden and easy to go through? It's easy to go from A to B to C to wherever it is that we're trying to go to. That's what we're dealing with. That's why this is hard work. Resistance is normal. It is natural. It is a part of the human experience. What is important for us to know, and this is something I remind myself a lot, is the change is possible. It may be exhausting. It's going to require some intentionality. We are going to have to become mindful of the changes that we want to make. And through that effort, take intentional energy draining steps to make those changes. It is possible. Change is possible. We are capable of overcoming this resistance, the external and the internal. We have to stick with it. We have to keep doing the good work. We have to keep making the positive changes step by step until they become the new habit. I talk with many clients about this where we are literally reprogramming our brain and it's going to resist it. We have to tell our brains to run on something different and it's going to cost us. When we try and make these changes, have we calculated all of the costs? Have we calculated the time, the energy, the financial costs, the interpersonal costs? How is this going to impact some of our relationships? And for me personally, I often don't think of a lot of that. I don't think of how much it's going to cost me. Most of these changes are worth the cost. If it's going to make you a better person, if it is going to make you the hero of your own story, it is worth the cost. 
stick with it. It is possible. You can do it. You absolutely can. And when you come up against that resistance, you can remind yourself, this is just another step in the process. Everyone goes through this. Everyone who makes change goes through resistance. So hang in there. Hang in there. Keep trying. Doesn't matter how many times you trip and you stumble in this process. Just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and just say, this is just how it works. This is how this process works. I'm not failing. I'm not doing a bad job. I am going through this hard work of making a good and positive change in my life. And the resistance will become easier to get through the more that we stick with it. I hope this inspires you. I'm feeling much more inspired personally having just spoken these words. And I look forward to talking with you again next week. So until then, live strong for today. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like what you're hearing and you're interested in working with me, there is a link to my website in the show notes and also a link just to schedule a free 50-minute one-on-one call with me. Let's get the conversation started. Also, please rate and review this podcast so more people are able to find it. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to talking with you again soon.